All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, yeah, right? It's a good time. Yeah. All right. So let's see. I want to say hi to our friends in the family room today. Good to see you guys over there. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, a little cheer for the family room crowd. Awesome. In case you don't know if you're a guest with us or whatever, we have another venue in the block next door, and we've got a bunch of people over there that are worshiping with us and getting in on the talk today and uh, getting ready to go out and have that Blitz after party as well. So glad you guys are here. Thank you. All right. Hey, let's pray together. Then let's jump in, okay? Father, thanks so much for your grace to us and your goodness to us. We love that you love us enough to send your son Jesus for us. You love little children. You love those of us who are bigger children. And uh, all the way in between, you just love us, and you're, gra- you're um, grace-filled toward us, so thank you for that. Lord, open your book to us today and help us to know your story and how do we fit into it. Thank you. Amen. So let me begin by giving you some personal information about me. Uh, number one, I believe in God. Yeah, yay, thank you. It's like, phew, our pastor believes in God. It's like, we pay you to believe in God. You better I'm grateful that I get paid. I don't believe in God because I get paid. I just, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in his church. I believe in the things that are recorded in scripture for us that that give us God's word and God's heart. I believe these things. I believe in God. My challenge comes in my life when there are times when I'm not sure that God believes in me. And I don't know if you ever have those kind of moments, but although I believe in God, I'm not sure God believes in me because I mess up. In my life, I mess up. I'm, in fact, I mess up regularly. And that doesn't just mean like every January 1st, you know, like once a year. That's pretty regular. I mess up regularly and often. And that's unfortunate for me. The Bible calls that sin. And so that comes in my life. Uh, you know, I mess up in my words. I mess up in my thoughts. I mess up in my actions. I mess up in my motives. I mess up. And some of you, I know some of you are guests, you're like, your pastor is a mess. <laughs> I know, I'm just telling you, this is, this is what's true. And because of that, I'm like, well, I believe in God, but it would not be surprising if God didn't believe in me because of all the stuff that goes on in my life. And if I were to ask you to raise your hands, there would be three or four of you who would say the same thing about yourself. And the rest of you can leave early. But no, probably most of us are like that. Most of us, you look at your life, you're like, it's not a secret, you're human, and so you mess up, and again, the Bible calls it sin, and it's like, that's who we are. That's what happens in our lives. What's helpful to me is to know that the stories in the Bible are not just stories about God, and they're not just stories about people that did it right all the time. In fact, much more often, the stories are about people like me and like this guy named Peter who messed up a lot. Peter messed up regularly and often. And it wouldn't have been surprising if Peter would be one of those people that would say, I believe in God, but I'm not sure that God believes in me. I want you to see some stories of his life. In fact, we're going to spend the summer talking about the life of Peter and how he connected to Jesus and how we connect to Jesus through Peter and all the things that went along there. And I just want to walk that through a little bit. Most of you probably have heard something about the Apostle Peter. If you've heard of any of Jesus' story, you've probably heard about Peter. If you don't know anything about Jesus' story, you probably know that Peter has a church named after him in Rome. It's called St. Peter's Basilica. It's in the Vatican. It's, you know, pretty famous. That's, That's Peter. That's this guy in the Bible who messed up. And yet, he found out that God believed in him. And some amazing things happened in his life because of that. So I want to just share some stories about that 
today and through the summer. So if you have a Bible and you want to follow along, I'm not going to read a lot of these stories. I'm just going to tell them to you, but I'm going to put the references up on the screen, and I'll tell you what they are. And so you can look it up later, or you can look it up now. Uh, if you want to follow along in your s- smartphone uh, version Bible app, we've got notes in there for you. So lots of options about following up with these stories. But let's just kind of engage with who Peter is and, and uh, see if we can relate to this. Uh, Luke chapter 5 tells the story of the first time Peter met Jesus. Peter was a fisherman. He's down in the Sea of Galilee. He's mending nets because he fished all night long the night before. And so the normal pattern was go out through the night, go fish in the shallow water, collect the fish, bring them back in, sell the fish, and fix the nets, go to bed, start over again the next night. That's kind of how it went. Peter's down at his boat at the seashore. He's mending his nets. And this charismatic young rabbi comes up to him. His name was Jesus. And he said, Peter, I'd like to borrow your boat. That didn't happen every day, and so Peter goes, yeah, that's cool, you can use my boat, and so sure enough, the rabbi gets in, Peter gets in, he rows him out a little ways, and Jesus says, stop. They're not very far off the shore, in fact, Jesus had him stop because he wanted to teach the crowd that was on the shore, gathered together to hear him, and Jesus knew that the magnification power of the water would help everybody to be able to hear his voice. And I'm sure Peter thought, this is kind of cool, I've never seen this happen before. So Jesus taught the crowd the lessons he wanted to give them. And then when it was all over, he said, hey, Peter, I've got a great idea. Let's go fishing. Peter's like, no. I fished all night, didn't catch one. I'm I'm not going. And Jesus said, please. And Peter said, okay. I mean, that's kind of how it worked out. And so they, they shove off. They go out in the deep water. They catch. They let the nets down. They catch so many fish that the boat begins to sink. It's now so heavy. They finally make their way back to the shore. And when they get back to the shore, Peter falls on his knees right in front of Jesus. And he says, go away from me, sir. And I'm like, Peter, that's a bad business move. I mean, you just caught more fish than you've ever caught in your life, and you're telling the guy who told you where to fish and how to fish and what to do, you're telling him, go away. I'm like, you should pay him a consulting fee or something. He says, no, go away. And then here's his reason for sending Jesus away. He said, go away because I'm a sinful man. That was his way of saying, Jesus, you are holy, holy, holy. I already see that, and I am not holy, holy, holy. I'm a sinful man. I mess up regularly and often. Please go away. I can't take this. And it's interesting because a lot of people around us, maybe a lot of people among us today would say the same exact thing, maybe in different words. I used to have a neighbor who would say to me, uh, you know, I invite him to church, which is a little bit awkward for a pastor to invite people to church, you know. Hey, come hear me talk. (laughs) I'm just telling you, that's awkward. So... I would tell my neighbor, I'd say, hey, come, you know, why don't you come to church? He goes, oh, I like you way too much to come to your church. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. He goes, no, 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 if I came into your church, the roof would collapse, and I like you way too much to do that to your church. What was he saying? Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. We still do the same thing to Jesus today. We're so afraid of his righteousness. We're so afraid of his goodness and how we would not measure up to him and to his righteousness, we go, go away, stay out of my life. I don't want to get too close to you because it's dangerous for me. And that was Peter on the shore of the Sea of Galilee the very first time he met Jesus. Now, Jesus said to him, no, I I want to do some things in your life, and so I want you to follow me. And Peter actually gave up his business and followed Jesus and they went through several, or three years together, walking around Galilee and Jerusalem and things, and, and uh, G- Jesus teaching and healing people, and Peter listening and watching and paying attention to what's going on. 
And at the end of three years, Jesus was getting in more and more trouble with the Jewish leaders, and they finally arrested him. They took him to Pilate, the governor, the Roman governor, and they handed him over to be crucified. And at Jesus' trial, that last night of his life, at Jesus' trial, trial, which is recorded in Mark chapter 14, Peter sneaks in. There's a courtyard. Peter sneaks into the courtyard. Now, that evening before the trial started, Jesus had said to Peter, Hey, Peter, I know you think you're with me for the long haul. I know you think you're all in, but I, just let, I need to let you know that by the time the night is over, before the rooster crows in the morning, you will deny that you know me three times. Peter says, no, 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 that'll never happen. I gave up my career for you. I gave up my fish for you. I've been following you around the countryside. That'll never happen. I'm all in. Then Jesus gets arrested. They put him on trial, and Peter sneaks into the place where they're having the trial, and a servant girl comes up to Peter, and she looks at him, and she says, I think you're one of the followers of Jesus. And he denied it. He said, I am not. She came back later with some others. She said, this guy's one of his disciples. And Peter said, I am not. And then later on, someone else came to Peter and they said, look, we, we know you're one of Jesus' followers. Your accent gives, them, gives you away. You've you got this Galilean accent going on, y'all. And he was so frustrated, he was so angry, and he was so frightened that he denied it with an oath. He swore to God that he didn't know who Jesus was. And then a rooster crowed. He messed up. That's a mess up. Luke tells us that Peter went out and he wept bitterly after that happened. He was so distraught over his mess up. Of course he knew who Jesus was. Of course he believed in Jesus. But it would not be surprising if Jesus didn't believe in him. In Peter's life, even his highlights became lowlights. There's a story in Matthew chapter 14 where Jesus was on one side of the Sea of Galilee, and he got his disciples into a boat and sent them across to the other side ahead of him. And he said, I'll catch up with you later. So they thought he'd grab a a boat coming later across the water, and they're out there in the middle of the night. It's stormy, and they're rowing across, and things are just kind of a mess out there in the water. And they look up, and here comes Jesus, not in a boat, but walking to them across the water, which I would think that's pretty cool. The disciples were terrified when they saw Jesus walking across the water, but Peter, Peter, Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Peter piped up. And I don't, anyway, so he he speaks up, right? And he goes, he goes, hey, if Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to step out of the boat, which is really a dumb thing to say, because what if it's not Jesus? (laughs) He's already an imposter. He's going to lie to him. It's like, come on, down you go. But he goes, tell me to come out. So Jesus says, come on. So Peter crawls out of the boat, starts walking across the water toward Jesus. And then he noticed the waves, and he heard the wind blowing, and then he got frightened, and he got distracted from Jesus, and immediately he began to sink. He cries out to Jesus, rescue me, rescue me, and Jesus reaches out, grabs him by the arm, picks him back up, and together I think they walk back to the boat. Now all of a sudden they're back in the boat. And you know what Jesus says to Peter? You have little faith, why did you doubt? And and I'm sorry, I'm a little offended for Peter because I'm like, Jesus, he's the only one that got out of the boat. Talk to the other dudes. (laughs) You're talking about little faith. They didn't even get out of the boat. But he says to Peter, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And there you go. 
It's like, man, if that's how he talks to Peter and that's the mess up that he did, he at least got out of the boat. What's Jesus going to say to me? I believe in God, but I'm afraid God won't believe in me. And there are a lot of stories like that about the Apostle Peter as he learned what it was like to follow Jesus. Why do you doubt? Why do you have little faith? Why don't you do it perfectly? Those are the questions that we hear God asking us, right? Find out that we're very much like Peter. And then one day, everything changed for Peter. One day. You know what day it was? That's not a day, that's mumbling. You know what day it was? It was the very first Easter Sunday. It was resurrection day. Everything changed at resurrection. See, if Jesus Christ did not rise from the grave, he is worse than any religious leader you've ever heard of because he said he would rise. If he didn't rise, it's over. Stop coming to church. But, unless you're investigating, you keep on coming. But if Jesus did rise from the grave, that changes everything. On that one day, that changed everything in Peter's life. Because of that one day, that changes everything in our lives. Because of that one day, that's why we come to church. That's why we go out and live for Christ through the week. Even when we mess up, even when we have little faith, we keep following him because there's thing, this thing called resurrection. And on that one day when Jesus Christ rose from the grave, everything changed in the life of Peter. In Mark chapter 16, it tells a story of the women who came to Jesus' tomb on the first day of the week. And they came because they wanted to prepare Jesus' body for the burial. They, they ran out of time on Friday because the Sabbath was coming, so they had to go home and not work for the next 24 hours. So they came back early in the morning on Sunday morning, and they expected to prepare Jesus' body for burial. But when they got there, the stone had been rolled away, and there was an angel out front, and he said, you're looking for the dead among the li- You're looking for the living among the dead. He's alive. Don't look here. Jesus has risen. And then the angel said this to those women. He said, go tell his disciples, dot, 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 and Peter. He has risen. Go tell the disciples and Peter. And what Peter found out that day is No matter how much you've messed up, no matter how deeply you have sunk, there is redemption available to you through the Son of God who has risen from the grave. Changes everything. Changed everything for Peter. Changes everything for us. And when Jesus redeems you, it's like being born again all over. It's like being given brand new life every day. It doesn't mean you won't mess up again. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you know people that are followers of Jesus and you know they mess up, I'll just verify that for you. They do. We do. But Jesus has a grace-packed, hope-driven life available to you because of his resurrection. That's what Peter found out. What's interesting, and one of the interesting things about Peter was he was this young Jewish guy who grew up in a working class family. He, he 
fished for a living. He was educated. He, they taught their sons how to read. So he knew how to read. He knew how to write. But later on in his life, after he'd followed Jesus for decades, now later on in his life, he, be, he became a writer. And he wrote letters to encourage the Christians who were scattered around the Roman Empire. And they're beautiful, eloquent letters. And they're written to us. The Apostle Paul would write letters to specific churches, like the church at Ephesus or the church at Colossae or things like that. Peter wrote letters to Christians around the world. That's us still today. And so this summer, as we talk about the life of Peter, we're also going to talk about his letters. We're going to read his letters and their eloquent statements of what God has done for us. Listen to this one in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I love the fact that when we have blitz for our children during the summer, we ask them to memorize Bible verses. Like, hey, put this Bible verse in your heart. It'll help you. It'll shape you. You know, memorize this. Here's a memorizable verse for you. You're like, I I need to have a verse that'll just like encourage me on. Here's a verse for you. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That changed everything. Peter goes on in verse 18 to say this, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed. Jesus didn't buy your life with money. He didn't buy your life with cash. He bought your life with his own life. He bought your life with his own blood. It was poured out for you. Imperishable. It was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. What a clear picture of life. How do you know us? The empty way of life that was handed down from your ancestors. I'm not saying your folks are bad folks. I'm not saying that their folks were bad folks. It's just that we just keep passing on an empty life. Empty means futile. When it's talking about a building, it means unoccupied. Without having Christ in your life, your life is unoccupied. It's empty of purpose. He said, but Jesus, by his life, redeemed us from that empty way of life that was passed down to us because of his resurrection. And then everything changes, and you have brand new life. You have brand new birth every day. That's what he says. When Jesus redeems you, it's like being born again and again and again. And every day is fresh. Every day is new life for you. Don't you need that? Man, I need that. Keep messing up. Saying the wrong thing, feeling the wrong thing, being driven by the wrong thing. And I need a Savior who can redeem me and give me new life. That comes in Jesus. That's what Peter found out. That's what I found out. That's what God wants you to find out. We ask our children to learn the ABCs of faith. A stands for, I admit that I have messed up, I've sinned, and I need a Savior. B says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the only Savior that God has sent. And C says, I choose 
to follow Jesus by faith. What we teach children, we can teach you as adults. We put on the back of the program just so you can say, hey, it's right here. This is, this is how I enter this new life in Christ. If you want to do that today, you can tell them that right where you are. And Jesus will say yes. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. You are good and amazing every day. You have redeemed us by your resurrection for which we're very grateful and we seek to live a life that is new, that is grace-filled, that is driven by hope. We seek to live that out today and tomorrow and the next day. And Lord, if there are some that are for the first time just moving into you and saying, okay, Jesus, I'm in, I need this, would you say yes to them like you promised? If If there are those who trusted you, have trusted you, and have walked away somehow, slipped away from you somehow, would you bring them back to you on this day? Lord, if there are some that are just, they're walking forward every day, knowing they messed up, knowing they fell short, but knowing also that you redeemed them every single day, accept my thanks and gratitude for them, Lord. Strengthen them. Put your blessing on them. Jesus, we trust you, we honor you, we follow after you. Amen.